You're listening to a crazy little thing called Love Dead. Today's episode is 85. Kick in the bucket. Oh, can you believe it? Another podcast. A week later, some of you are expecting it to be like in a few weeks. <laughs> and there I am doing doing this for you lot. How are you all? You all right? Though basically it's a birthday weekend. It's actually tomorrow, 20th of February. You've probably passed it because you've learned you've listened to this on another day. But <laughs> I thought I'd get it in, you know, before the big old day, because I don't really want to record it while I'm, um, you know, at home, enjoying enjoying my birthday with the family. But uh, yeah, there's just a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Yeah, same old, busy, 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 busy. A couple of things have happened to me, actually, which has been quite interesting. Very interesting, shall we say. So you know how I was talking about I'm doing some stories now, as well as the one-liners. I'm trying to delve into the stories, and I had um, I said there's a bit that I really love doing, and I think it's it's starting to get there now. I had um, a bit of a feedback from it, shall we say? Did a gig up in Crewe, which is near Stoke-on-Trent, so it's about an hour's drive from myself. Uh, it's actually where I bought my car from. <laughs> Got my uh, Scudia Octavia, the VRS. Got it from there, from the actual Skoda garage. Um, so I got that from them, yeah. Actually drove past it as well. <laughs> I said, oh, there it is. That's where I bought the car. Um, yeah, so I did a gig, and I thought I was headlining it, right? I mean, I was asked to do 20 minutes, but kill my mate. I'm headlining. <laughs> Shall we say closing? I'm not a headliner yet. So I was closing the gig and I thought, I'm going to do about 25. I ended up doing 35 minutes. <laughs> 35 minutes. It was like a, it was a bucket gig, which I don't really do. Talking about bucket gigs, there's been a few issues on the comedy circuit. We'll come back to my bit in a minute. So a couple of issues with the bucket. So there's a guy that I know... Um, New guy on the scene from the Midlands. He's been running a couple of gigs, which are open mic nights. So those of you who don't know what that is, basically where comedians can go up and try out bits in front of an audience who probably will get in for free or they will put some money into a bucket. Now, the problem with the bucket was, from what I've heard from another comedian, he told me that this person was making money on a bucket, but he wasn't sharing it with the other acts. But the fact of that is he told the audience, or they told the audience, that there will be a bucket and the money's going to be split with the acts. But instead, he kept all the all the dosh. <laughs> and I don't know how long he's this person's been doing it, which is quite sad, I mean... I've been doing comedy for years and the bucket thing is fairly new, I'd say. I've done open mic nights where there is no bucket. You just turn up, you do your bit and then you go on. 
but I've had to travel for that. And nowadays, it, it's changed a lot. There's so many open mic nights. Everybody wants to be a comedian. That's a problem. A bit like the taxi business. <laughs> so, yeah, that basically, that's what happened. And um, I, feel, I think whoever, like, I know who it is because they've messaged me as well. They just need to stop doing it. And if you're thinking of running an open mic night with a bucket at the end, just make sure you give something to the the other acts because they've travelled a long distance to come and do your gig. Fair enough, you're not making much money off it yourself. But, you know what I mean? It's good to give people money as well, I think. It's it's a good gesture to do. I mean, I, I ran a few... Um, charity nights i think what one was because i got a cat from a a charity what do you call that rehome you know you rehome a cat foster cats that's it i got a foster cat and i wanted to do something for them so i did put on a comedy night and then we had a bucket as well at the end and i think i raised about 180 pounds which isn't bad is it it's it's, it's not a bad fee i mean it can provide for accommodation for the cats can feed them so i was really chuffed with doing that so yeah that, that was basically what i just wanted to say <laughs> nobody likes nobody likes an open mic night unless it's on your doorstep it's fine like for me i'm not bothered if i went to do that person's gig and there was no money in it it doesn't really bother me i'll be honest with you if i got a fiver a tenner i would give that to another act especially if they've traveled like 100 plus miles i'll be like mate just take my share man because i've been there i know what it's like uh unless it's a, conge- a, co- a congestion charge where i don't have to, I have to drive my car into birmingham and i get charged for it so i could use it towards that <laughs> eight pounds is a lot of money anyway i was back to the uh the gig i was doing in crew so I've got a new bit. Basically, I talk about my brother being deaf and I talk about my son a little bit. So my son's autistic, as you know. And I was doing the story on stage. And before that, it was going all right. People are laughing, enjoying themselves until I started that story. And I could no- I noticed the landlord and his friend wasn't really enjoying it. I could just you could I could just see from their eyes the vibe. Um, they weren't, re- especially the landlord. He wasn't enjoying it at all. So I'd, I carried on doing my bit, and then um, I finished the night and I come off stage, and the landlord still looked a bit. It looked a bit, a bit upset, and then his friend approached me, and he said, "I need to ask you a question. Have you have you really got a deaf brother and a uh, an autistic child?" And I said, "Yes, I have." And he said, "Good, because if you hadn't, I would have punched you in your face." <laughs> um, he was blind. The gentleman was, and he didn't like me talking about people with disabilities because he's a, actually a um, he's one of these disability fighters who fight for dis- disabled rights. We had a really good chat, like a really deep chat. We held hands for ages. Um, it was really nice to speak to him because he was opening up about how he felt and how he felt whilst I was on stage doing my stuff. It was re- it was really nice. It's it's hard to describe the feeling, 
but it's something that I would never forget, you know, as a performer. And I think you're always learning in this comedy game. I do generally believe it doesn't matter how long you've been going, there's always something that you will learn. Um, and I think the biggest thing is 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 respect. You know, I'm not there to make fun of certain groups of people. I've been there, mate. I'm Asian, so... And he said the same thing to me. He said, I'm guessing you're Asian. <laughs> I said, yeah. And he was like, we're in the same boat, mate. You know what I mean? You know, you're a person of colour. You know, I've got a disability. So, And he's faced prejudice. I'm get, I, I know he's faced a lot of struggles in his life. I could tell. He was a very old gentleman. Um, and it was nice to speak to him. You know. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that story. <laughs> it had a nice ending. We made friends. You know, we hugged each other. Um, we thanked each other as well. And the last thing he said to me was, just be careful. That's what he said to me. Just be careful. That went straight through me, man. I was ready to cry. <laughs> I honestly, generally was ready to cry out then when he said that. It was really nice. Thinking about it now, it gets me all welled up. So, yeah, it was it was a good gig. And, and there's some bits that worked on the story, I think. Maybe there's bits I shouldn't do. But the story really isn't about my brother. It's about the experience that he went through. And he kind of knows that I do it anyway. So, basically, I kind of imitate his voice and stuff. And um, he knows I do it, and he's fine with it. So, I will carry on doing it. I'll be maybe I'll be a bit more appraisal about it and kind of say, you know, it's not I'm not here to take fun out of people with disabilities, but this is a story where I failed. I failed being trying to be disabled. <laughs> That's what the moral of the story was. I failed and there was a fake healer who tried to heal my brother and he failed as well because he was fake. We were both faking it really in the story. <laughs> That's that's generally what happened. But other than that, yeah, birthday tomorrow. I didn't have a gig tonight, right? And I really wanted to do a gig because I thought it's a Saturday night. I'm not going to do anything. I'm only going to just be sitting at home, probably watching Netflix or playing Call of Duty all night. So I just I fancy doing a gig, like just just to start the birthday. You know, the birthday. It's the weekend now. Start off that birthday weekend. And I thought, yeah. So I ended up landing a gig for tonight. Well, I'm well chuffed about down in Gloucestershire um, for a good friend of mine named Adam Beardsmore. So thank you to Adam. I did the cheeky thing of messaging him because he put up on the forum that he's after an act to open. Mate, I would have gone in the middle. <laughs> I am not fussed. I just wanted to get out of the house and, and, and make people laugh. So I'm opening the show. I'm on with Sarah Johnson. And who was the other person? Oh, yeah, Dave Twentyman. So I'm looking forward to seeing him as well. He's such a lovely guy. Uh, we had a proper laugh the last time I met him. I think it was just before Christmas. <laughs> we had a right old laugh. So I'm looking, yeah, I'm really glad to see him tonight. And Kevin Shepherd as well. So our good old Kev uh, is up from Scotland, but he lives down in England now. And uh, he's doing well. He's smashing it at the moment. So and he's been really supportive as well. We've both been supportive with each other. So it's gonna be a great night. I'm really, really looking forward to it. 
The worst thing is it's actually being held in a sidery um, factory or shop. There's loads of them down in Gloucester. That's where cider comes from. Somerset, Gloucestershire, Cheltenham. So I've, I mean, I love cider. That's what I drink, really. And yeah, <laughs> as you know, I'm not drinking. I'm trying to be good. I know, man. Who doesn't drink on their birthday? That is crazy. <laughs> That's me. I'm one of them. So I'll be doing that. Uh, last night I was up in Hull. Hull's all right. I like going up in Hull. We had a really bad weather, though. We had that Storm Eunice. And there were so many warnings about this Storm Eunice that it's going to cause loads of havoc and it's going to be one of the worst storms in UK history. It was absolutely fine. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. There was one part where it caught me out, but it's probably the way the wind kind of blew. It really shook my car at one moment. And I it, like, you know, when you go, whoa, you get that. Oh, it's like when somebody frightens you and they jump up from behind and they give you a little shock. That's what it was because I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> so I had that. And uh, yeah, last night's gig was all right. It was fine. I mean, there was only like 50 people in, but they sold 90 tickets. So I'm guessing due to the storm, the warnings from the from the news telling people not to travel unless they have to, you know, that's that's why there was less people last night, which is a shame. But I really enjoyed last night's gig. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Let's do a, a No Stupid Questions, shall we? Today's No Stupid Questions brought to you by Reddit, as always. This one's been posted by Bubbles underscore and he's just put it up two hours ago. <laughs> I thought, let's do this one. It's random as hell, which is what I like about it. Can I answer the question is another thing. The question he asks is, why aren't the windows on aeroplanes lined up with the spaces in between seats? <laughs> now that's a very good question i've thought of this one as well to be honest with you i've always yeah i've wondered that like what when you're on the airplane how come the window always seems to be behind you a little bit <laughs> it's never right like next to you like as in a car you know you have a car window it's never like that is it it's always behind you and it's always high up as well that's another thing I've noticed. <laughs> I think the reason they have that is so you don't get what's that word? You know when you when you um you don't like flying. Is it vertigo? Is it I think it's vertigo, isn't it? <laughs> when you can't look out of like yeah, that when you're scared of heights basically. I think that's probably what it is. So they space it out behind you. So if you did want to look, you can just turn and look. But there's only so long you can turn and look for a... You, you can't keep... It'd be nice to keep staring out the window. Or maybe the belt so you don't see the UFOs flying past. <laughs> That's probably what it is. And they're always small, aren't they? They have like a like a curtain. I call it... It's a blind. And you have to pull down to close it. And it's yeah, it's very tiny. <laughs> I think that's the reason, probably. <laughs> I 
Are those windows bulletproof as well? Because they've got to be solid. I mean, have you seen how thick they are? They're like really thick uh, windows. I don't understand why we don't have them windows in houses. Because you'd save so much energy. <laughs> With energy prices going up like aeroplanes. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, that 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 would be a good idea to put to put on your property. I believe that's what they have in Serbia. I've got a friend in Serbia, and he told me that their windows are really, really thick because it's so cold there. <laughs> that's why they have like those kind of windows. Um, and funny enough, talking about aeroplanes, we'll come back to this. Storm Eunice right, was causing a havoc, and now there's loads of videos of people watching aeroplanes trying to land. <laughs> At Heathrow during the during the storm, I've seen a few on TikTok and they're hilarious. But fair play to the pilots, man. I mean, I wouldn't want to be on that plane. <laughs> that's one hell of a ride. Let's read some of the answers. I suppose that's my answer to the question: Why aren't the windows and airplanes lined up with the spaces in between seats? Because they don't want you to look out in case the UFO flies past. <laughs> that's my answer. Let, there's not many comments on this because it's such a new question. I'm going to read the ones that are up. So, Tikno says, when the plane is built, it doesn't have seats. The airline can put whatever seat configuration they want. The windows can't be changed. <laughs> That's actually probably what it is. I didn't know that. Guess that makes sense. You can take the seat out. You can put in bigger seats. People are growing, aren't they? Have you seen those double-sized seats? I've seen them. First class. <laughs> Walk past one. It's huge. Um, one more. We'll read one more. One says the windows are placed based on the aeroplane manufacturer. The interior of the aircraft is spec out by the individual airline based on the route the aircraft will typically fly. So it may have more or less first or business economy seats than another airline, or even another of the same model of aircraft owned by the same airline. This deviation in interior setup leads to some seats not being lined up with the windows. That's the answer then, folks. It's all to do with the design of the airplane. You probably knew this already. And you're thinking, Love Dev, you're such an idiot. We already know. <laughs> We stopped listening when you when you when you started with your no stupid questions. We already know, mates. But if you don't know, now you know. You see, you learn something new every day. You learn something new, especially on this podcast, eh? <laughs> I learned something new. My son made me laugh the other night. He said uh, he was when well, he got up for school, right? And Sheila said to him, "Come downstairs and come and watch the TV while you're waiting for your minibus." And he said to my to to my wife, he said, "Nah, mum, I need to watch my TV." <laughs> and she goes, "Why?" He's got a TV in his room. And she goes, "Why?" And he said, "Because there's cobwebs on my TV, and I haven't watched it in ages." <laughs> Bless him. He thinks that if he watches the TV, he won't get any more cobwebs. <laughs> oh god i love him 
kids say the funniest things, don't they? Kids are hilarious, man. They're more funnier than actual comedians. <laughs> One of my favorite comedians, Stephen Wright, he says that he likes to think like a child when he writes his jokes because he believes that that's where the best humor comes from. And I totally agree with him. If you've got a childlike mind and you can write childish jokes, they're, they're, they're more funnier then. <laughs> I might, I might do that on stage. I don't know if it'll work, but I might do it because people love true stories, don't they? That's what I believe. The best comedy is stuff that's true, that's happened to you. <laughs> like, for instance, last night, um, this, that, this is what I was going to tell you, and I've totally forgot to mention it. So after my gig in Hull last night, so obviously you all know I'm doing the intermittent fasting, I have to eat at certain times. And when I'm doing a gig in the evening, it's very hard for me to eat unless I'm driving and eating. And I don't really want to do that. Because <laughs> I'll get in trouble. Uh, and I'll make a mess. I was so hungry after yesterday's gig. I thought, I'm going to grab some KFC. Because KFC <laughs> is obviously, you know, they're everywhere. You can find them. So I googled it, KFC in Hull. It was a short walk away. Went to got to the KFC, right? And then uh, I said to the cashier, I said, um, "You're right, mate. Can um, I said can I have one of those um, those bargain bucket popcorn chicken buckets you got it's for a tenner, right?" And he said, "Oh no, sir, that's an online deal only, <laughs> right?" So I said. How about if I order it now then online and then you could give it to me? He went, no, it's for home delivery. I went, oh, that's a bit dumb, isn't it? <laughs> I should have ordered it online on my phone and then put the address of the KFC to be delivered so I'd still get it. <laughs> that's what I should have done. But anyway, he said, sir, it's nearly closing time now. I went, all right then. I'll be quick. I said, um, what what deals you got then at the moment? He said, just to let you know, we haven't got any chicken. <laughs> KFC has got no chicken in Hull. <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> How can you not have chicken? Like, you're a place that serves chicken. How can you run out of chicken? <laughs> I said, what you got? Guess what he said? We've got popcorn chicken. Ha, huh, fair enough then. I said, go on, I'll have a popcorn chicken meal and do me a latte <laughs> while you're at it. So I got my food and I thought, right, I, I can nibble this in the car because it's only popcorn chicken, which is why I wanted the popcorn chicken bucket because I could just, you know, eat it like sweets on the way home. And I had a drink in the car, so I'm all good. And I uh, got my food, as I said. I was walking down, and I seen German Donner Kebab. German Donner Kebab is a company that started in the UK, and as in the name says, it's the German style of Donner. And I looked at it, and I've had their food before, and it's well nice. And I was like, damn it, I could have had a German Donner. So I, walked, so I carried on walking towards my car, and I was only around the corner from my car, and I thought, you know what? I'm getting some German donner. 
I turned back round and I went to the German donor. I ordered a uh, donor box which had chips, cheese, and uh, the donor meat, a mixed one, chicken and the kebab, <laughs> with jalapenos. And um, yeah, I had to nibble that in my car before I left. So then, but while I was in there, I thought the pe- there was people in the in the shop already waiting for their food. They saw me with a KFC bag. <laughs> they must have thought this guy is greedy. <laughs> Look at this guy; he's got KFC, and he's gonna order some food from here. <laughs> and obviously they knew I wasn't from the area because of my accent because I'm a brummie and they were <laughs> that's what they must have thought innit they must have thought this geezer man god some people can eat can't they <laughs> what they don't know is I'm trying to fa- I'm trying to do this fasting diet <laughs> and I know what you're all thinking did I eat both of them yes I did but I only nibbled on the popcorn chicken. I didn't eat the KFC fries. I don't like KFC fries. I actually chucked it in the bin. So I ended up spending £10 <laughs> on last night's meal. Oh, what am I like? Anyway, let's do a weird news story. Yeah, weird news story time, which means the podcast isn't long as the, the other one. I did about 40-odd minutes, I know. Look at me now, trying to be professional. (laughs) Now, I thought I'd do a quick one. As I said, it's the big B-day tomorrow, so I don't really want to record anything tomorrow. I just want to enjoy my day. Right, today's weird news story comes all the way from China. Yes, it is. It's made in China. (laughs) And I've lost the story. Can you believe that? There it is. Okay. Rightio. Now, this one is something that my dad would probably do if I was younger. (laughs) There you go. Are you ready for today's weird news story? All right, here it is. A man in China who apparently tried to kill himself said he was ashamed that his son was still single at 29. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's so ashamed of his son, he tried to kill himself. <laughs> oh, God, this is, I hope this is funny. <laughs> so here it is, here's the story. A father in China who seemed to survive a suicide attempt is said to have expressed shame that his son was not yet married at the age of 29. <laughs> According to the local video news outlet K News, The unnamed 55-year-old, happy birthday, buddy, whatever your name is, handed a note to guards at Shanghai Railway Station. And this was in January 22nd. He said he had just overdosed on medication. (laughs) He then fainted on the spot, and one of the guards intervened. In the note addressed to his son, the man wrote that he lived a life of shame because his son had yet to start a family, per the report. <laughs> That's one way to get your kids to get married, isn't it? If you don't, if you don't get married, son, I'm going to kill myself, you know. <laughs> People of my age in the village all have children and grandchildren already, he reportedly wrote, adding, 
but you are 29 and have achieved nothing. <laughs> While the man has survived the incident and is said to be receiving hospital treatment, the case has sparked a social media conversation about the pressures for young Chinese to settle down early. On China's Twitter-like platform called Weibo, one user commented that as a father, he could relate. <laughs> the father's responsibility is to raise his son as well and give him a good education, but also see him married and start a business. Only then he completes his mission. <laughs> Others commented that it would be even harder for this man's son to tie the knot. Is that the joke? <laughs> you want me to tie the knot, Dad? Because <laughs> I'm not going to get married, so carry on doing what you want to do. I'm going to tie the knot. <laughs> now, because of the pressure of the in-laws was too great. In China, there is an ex expectation for people to get married before they turn 30. That's the same in, in the Asian culture. Like South Asian, Indian, Chinese, Bengali. Chinese, that's <laughs> it. It's the same. If you don't get married by the eight, by the time you're 30, that's it. Nobody wants to know you. You like past your sell-by date. <laughs> I mean, I got married late. I was 28 when I got married, which is late for Asians. <laughs> anyway, it is not uncommon for parents to push their children in that direction, even setting up blind dates for them. If the If young women are not married after 27, they are referred to as shengnu, which is which means <laughs> leftover women. <laughs> this comes even with close to half of China's urban young women in a survey last year saying they didn't plan to get hitched. So as for young men, they are pushed to settle down as soon as possible because they are expected to carry on the family lineage. Or the name, I think I know what they're talking about. Keeping that surname going. So Mu Zeng, a sociology expert. Shout out to Mu Zeng. He's a sociology expert at the National University of Singapore. He told the insider, marriage has always been an important marker of social maturation and personal success, she said. Given China, high housing prices and the expectations for men to assume the majority of costs in a household transitioning to marriage indicates that the man is socially and financially ready. Well, I guess in, in a way you've got to be socially and financially ready because you're going to start a family. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I, when I got married, I had to change my job because I wasn't really earning that much money. So that was when I joined the NHS. The same year I got married to Sheila was the same year I started with the NHS back in 2007. Wow. <laughs> Long time ago. Uh, yeah, so I understand that. That 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 was today's weird news story. I know it's a quick ending, but I've got to shoot off to my gig. So I hope you enjoyed that. And I know it's a surprise you wasn't expecting another podcast this week. Neither was I. There you have it. Right, I'll see you for episode 86 then, I guess. <laughs> 